voices of Wisdom Bible Church, the church of a distant Christian nation. God's management principles. Last week, we dwelt on its application to material resources and we talked extensively on even our physical environment. It's important that I write it before we move on to today's subject, which is how we can apply God's management principles to our potential. So we're looking today at potential management skills, potential talent, endowment, gifts, management skills. So all such are what we're going to be looking at this morning. But before we move on, it's important that I write read on this very important issue. The need for us not to be materialistic. Even though we have a responsibility to manage material and resources that God put in our custody. It's important that we bear it in mind that man's ownership of anything is apparent and temporal. That man owns anything at all. That ownership is apparent and is temporal. I said it's apparent because actually man owns nothing, including his life. Especially when they are doing the wrong thing and they are running on the lane of evil, the, the lane that can lead to eternal destruction, and they are not ready to take instruction. So man owns nothing. And what looks like we own something or anything at all, is apparent and temporal. So man owes nothing, including his life. Let that register. So our ownership of things as men only seems so. It is not really so. Our ownership of things as men only looks like it. It's apparent. It's not really so. Death is the revealer of the foolishness of a life full of material, but empty of the life-giving spirit of God. When a life is full of material, when a life is full of the things of this world, money, mention them, ornaments, textile, building, properties, Anywhere in any part of the world, mineral resources, mention them. Death is the revealer of the fullness of a life full of such things, but which is empty of the life-giving spirit of God. Luke 12, I read from verse 16. Jesus spake a parable unto them, saying, the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. The ground of a certain rich man 
You know, that will deceive him to think he holds the land. And as we continue the story, you will see how that same land that was called his own swallowed him. He was buried in that land. He got rotten in that land. And he thought with himself saying, what shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruit. But I've got land so I can expand. So apparently, it looks like he holds the land. It looks like he holds the band. It looks like even the harvest he has gathered, he owns it. And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my bands and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. You see how possessive he was about these material things. I will bestow my fruits, my goods. And I will say to my soul, so possessive of people, his soul, as if he's in charge, he owns it. My soul. Thou hast much goods, lay up for many years, forgetting that the life of a man is like a breath. We are here today, okay? We may not be here tomorrow. We all pray for long life, and God will grant us long life. But uh, we have no right to query God if we decide to make it short and brief. And I will say to my soul, Thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thy ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Now, where is God in all of this boasting? Everything is about Him, everything starts ahead with Him. Now, God said, You may not factor me into it, but I'm preeminently in charge of everything. So, God that he did not mention, the God that he did not factor into his success story, now stepped and said unto him, Thou fool, this night, thy soul, that soul you call your own, yes, you call it your own, but we will soon see who owns it. Thy soul shall be required of thee. The one who holds it more than you will make a demand for it. The one who hired it out to you will make a demand of it. Then who shall those things be? Now, those things you are calling your own, who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So, man's ownership of anything at all, like I said earlier, is apparent. It seems so. But it's not actually so. So is he that lay up prayer for himself and is not rich towards God. So death is a revealer who will reveal the foolishness of a man full of material resources but void of the life-giving spirit of God. So everything belongs to God. Man is only a steward of things and not the owner of them. We are only stewards of things, caretakers of things that we think we have. We are not the owners of them. Man is a caretaker and we will one day render account to the owner of our soul how we have handled those things he has committed to our care. First Timothy 6 7. 
caption it succinctly. For we brought nothing into this world. How many things did you bring into this world? What, what brand of leather and which company in Italy made the suitcase okay, that you brought into this world? You brought nothing. For we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And it doesn't end there. If it if it ends there, then we say, well, no loss. But Second John five ten has this to add to it. For we must all appear. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he had done, whether it be good or bad. So, whatever we have done, by whom we are, with what we have, one day we will render account to God. So, it must therefore not be lost on us that God expects multiplication and not depreciation from whatever he puts in our custody because we are going to give account. So, he expects that whatever he puts in our custody we will render account. Now, when we check the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, time we fail us to go into that. We are just trying to, by way of introduction of today's study, do a reiteration that will balance our perspective on what our attitude should be towards material resources which we concluded its study last week. So, from that parable of the talent in Matthew 25, verse 15 to 28, we have studied that previously. It is evidently clear that as far as God is concerned, when we are put in charge of anything and that thing depreciates, God takes it as management failure. When God put or anything is put in our custody and that thing depreciates to God, that's management failure. When he puts anything in our hand and we just maintain it and we return it just the way he gives it to us, to God is mediocrity. Remember the man that received one talent. He was able to deliver that one talent, but he was not commended. So he just maintained it. He kept it. And returned it just the way it was given to him. That's mediocrity. Then what God expects is multiplication and appreciation. To, to God, that means good management or good stewardship. So good stewardship means you must not allow anything put in your custody to depreciate. You must not reduce in value. 
mediocrity means you just maintain it. But excellence, good stewardship means that thing must uh, appreciate. That thing must bring profit. My prayer is that you will operate in the spirit of that third category. Everything that God has put in your custody, we appreciate in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So, that being the case, what then should be our management objective? What should be our management objective? We are already driving gradually towards to this discussion. Now, number one, our management objective should be that we commit ourselves to working worthy of the commendation of God. So you should walk in that consciousness that that day of reckoning, that great day of judgment, that day of rendering account, will I be worthy of commendation or condemnation? The one that was given five talents and he ensured that it multiplied, he was commended. The one that was given two was commended. The one that was given one and just went and trashed it somewhere was condemned. So when you will also appear to render account, will you be worthy of commendation? So your management objective, either in spiritual matter or in material matter, is that you are working worthy. You commit yourself to working worthy of the commendation of God. Who has trusted you? One with your life. We mentioned that man owns nothing, including his life. Now, will God see you and be happy the way you have used your life? Either spiritually or even medically, physically. Uh, hello. He has not only trusted you with an empty life, he also deposited potential into you. Natural ability, great endowment, both physical and spiritual. So, commit yourself to walking worthy of the commendation of God that has started you with your life, with potential, and even with time. Before we close this discussion, we are going to also talk about how we should apply God's management principle to the management of our time. Then trials that he has given us. Of course, he has also given us different responsibility. As a friend, responsibility over your children. As a business owner, responsibility over your employees. As a man in government, responsibility over the affairs and destiny of other men. All of these are substantial share of God's estate. So consider anything that exists in the whole 
worldwide universe. Okay? Put all of them together. They are the including us as men. Okay? All of them constitute what I call the estate of God. So, in this estate of God, God has been so generous and kind to share a substantial part of it with us. So, let us walk worthy of his commendation so that on the day where we are going to appear before him, we said, well done, good and faithful servants. Number two management objective that I recommend to you to live by is to commit yourself to leave your earthly office of responsibility of whatever capacity better than you met it. It is not expected that you will stagnate. It is not expected that you will stay in situ in just one level of responsibility. The plan of God is that when you are faithful at one level, he will promote you to another level. Because to whom much is given, much is expected. And whosoever is faithful in little, according to Jesus in Luke 16, is that uh, greater things will be committed to such person's step. Your management objective, therefore, second one that I recommend is that you commit yourself to leaving your earthly office of responsibility of whatever capacity better than you met it. Now, into today's study. Of course, like I have alluded earlier, at the beginning of this study, 10 Sundays ago, or 11 Sundays ago, we set out to examine how we can employ God's management principle that we observe in God at creation. You know, we took our time to look at the book of Genesis chapter 1 to 4, and we observe certain management principles in God. And we saw our Lord Jesus Christ also apply same principle during his earthly ministry. And we are saying, as people who have committed ourselves to live the Christ-like life, as people who are committed to live a godly life, on our part two, we can learn from that how we can manage men, manage money, manage materials, potential, and time. MQPT. And God has so much helped us in the last 10 months such that we have been able to extensively examine the first three. Men, money, and uh, material. And I've reiterated again on that aspect of the material this morning. So today, we're going to commence how we can apply God's management principle to potential. By potential, I mean natural talent and spiritual gifts. So, our scope of study will therefore include both natural potential and spiritual gifts. 
spiritual gift otherwise known as uh, supernatural endowments. And of course, one of the ways to manage spiritual gifts is not to abuse their use. But that has become the order of the day today, abuse of spiritual gifts. But that will be a discussion for another day. For today, let's focus on natural talents. And by natural talent, I mean inborn ability. Inborn ability. Uh, the Yoruba we say, Atelewo Laba Ila. Now, can I see your palm? Okay. Those marks there. Which tattoo man put it there? Okay. The same way we just became conscious of them as we become aware of our environment and our body. In the same way, certain talents gifts, potential, endowment, we were born with them. Are we together? And the reason some people are wasting away is not because they lack weight, but because they have not discovered their inborn ability and managed it to the end of creating wealth. So potential or talent are the inborn natural ability or abilities that makes or make individuals special or unique in their own right. So the inborn natural ability, it could be one, it could be more than one, which makes you as an individual special or unique in your own right. In fact, you will find some that are multi-talented. Others are not so versatile. But God did not create any man empty. So, a multi-talented person too has his own challenge. And what is the challenge? He has the extra task of identifying the most profitable among his several talents that can give him or her comparative advantage and develop that towards destiny fulfillment. Do you understand? I want me to come again. We are looking at management of potential. We have said there are two sides to it. The natural one, the supernatural or spiritual one. And we are zeroing down on the natural one for study today. And we have said God did not create any man empty. We are all endowed in different ways. Yes, it is true. Some may be multi-talented. Okay, and when you are not as endowed as some people who have several talents, the tendency may be there for you to want to think that uh, you are not an advantage. And I said, those that are multi-talented also have their own challenges. Because at the end of the day, if care is not taken, they become jack of all trade, master of none. Because they have that extra task of identifying the most 
profitable among their several talents. Identify the one that can give them comparative advantage and develop that particular one for destiny fulfillment. My prayer for you this morning, and I prayed from the bower of my passion that you will not live a confused life. I say you will not live a confused life in the name of Jesus. So to succeed in life is a waste of time making fruitless efforts to discover your destiny. I want you to hear that. Maybe you have had preaching. It's very possible that probably, probably I have also preached it in the past. But from the light we are getting this morning, to succeed in life, okay, is a waste of time making fruitless effort to discover your destiny. Nonsense. Moving from pillar to post, trying to discover your destiny. What I recommend for you, which I have found very workable, and that align with God's management principle is that simply discover your God-given ability. Develop it or develop them. And prayerfully deploy them for profitable living, for responsible living. And you will discover that you already have your destiny in operation. Am I talking to somebody? You have lost nothing. So stop pursuing what you have not lost. Are we together? Say, my greatness is in me. How to bring it out is the issue. It's not how to look for it. Am I talking to somebody? Your greatness is in you. So you don't have a problem looking for your greatness. Okay? Your responsibility is, how do I bring out that greatness? As I minister this morning, grace will come upon you. You will give back to sources. You will break through. You will excel. You will no longer be frustrated. You will not be stranded. In the name of Jesus. So, I take that again because it's more or less like the fulcrum of this message. To succeed in life is a waste of time. Making fruitless ever to discover your destiny. So, visiting prayer house, voodoo house, what have I been born to do in life is a pretty waste of time. All you need to do, settle down. Discover your God-given abilities or talent. Develop them and prayerfully deploy them for profitable living. And when you do that, you will discover that your destiny is already in full operation. God will make success easy for you. In the name of Jesus. So what are the avenues of potential discovery and what you can do to develop them? Let's start from the home front. 
I want to thank God I have few parents in the house. Parents have the privilege and responsibility to be the primary or chief potential manager of their children's talents. Including the aspect of helping them to discover them. So parents have that privilege. They have that responsibility to be the primary or chief potential manager of their children's talents. Then, school and church level, teachers, including Sunday school teachers. Sunday school teachers, are you in church? God bless you. So take notes. Listen attentively. Teachers, including Sunday school teachers in children's church, also have that obligation not to just teach literacy, D-O-G, dog, three-letter word, B-O-Y, boy, good, fantastic. But your responsibility goes beyond that. Not just to teach numeracy, one, two, three, four, five. At age three, a child must be able to count by root number one to two hundred. Not just memorization, memorization of Bible verses. Fantastic, very wonderful, because that lays the foundation for a sound spiritual life. And of course, not just morals. It must be all this and more. So you are to, in addition to all that, provide what I call the psychological environment that will allow children under your custody to freely express their potential. So you have to create that atmosphere whereby they can freely express their potential at both the classroom, home, and playing playground setting. And you keep an eye on them, watching them. I, I recollect growing up, uh, okay, let me, don't let me go there. <laughs> now, the children church and youth fellowship, when you take note of it, have served in the past greatly as primary field or avenue for talent discovery. Most of the professionals and celebrities we, are, we have around today were first discovered to be good at what they are doing through the activities of the children's church such as Bible course, recitation of memory verses, Christmas school. Very soon it's going to be Christmas school again in this church. Make sure your children are allowed to participate effectively. Boot camp. Boys and girls brigade. You will discover that 
most people that are doing well today as professional or celebrity cut their teeth of those, those areas of discipline where they now excel from this various platform. There could be more. So, it's an error of child upbringing to therefore think that it is by only reading and writing we can help our children to develop passion for greatness. I will balance it. But go and get it off your mind that the only way by which you can allow your children to create passion by, by greatness is only through reading and writing. Of course, academic work, unlike natural hobby, is a discipline. Are you with me? Unlike natural hobby, academic work is a discipline. So you have to apply some measure of prayer to get children to develop the right attitude towards it. So without proper monitoring, without encouragement, and sometimes a reasonable measure of force, majority of children and even some adults will naturally avoid academics. Are we following me? That said, we should also know that that a child is not scoring high grades in academics does not mean he or she lacks potential for greatness in life. Some children don't start early in life to score high grade, but they end up in university, okay, <laughs> coming out or graduating with first class. Are you with me? That's what makes you as a parent or a guardian. A talent manager. So, and if you don't master that discipline, you may end up mismanaging the destiny of your children. So, there is no man, like I said earlier, born without his or her own special ability. So some, you consider them failure in life because they allow their talent to stay latent or buried. Others develop their own into professional skill. So you can liken talent okay to raw yam and you can liken skill to pandered yam. So you process raw talent into skill and then you become a professional. But if you just allow it to stay at raw talent, you can't make much benefit from it. So all talents require training to develop them to skill for destiny fulfillment. All talents. Yes, they are natural endowments, but they require still require training. That is where academics comes in. Are you with me? So, most skill, if not all, requires sound, sound education to exhibit them at a profitable professional level. 
most skill, if not all, requires sound education to exhibit them at profitable professional level. So let nobody say, yes, I am skillful at this, I am skillful at that. I don't need school, you still need school. I consider your talent as your destiny vehicle. Tap your neighbor, say, neighbor, your talent is your destiny vehicle. Hello? Can you now marry with what I said earlier on, that your greatness is in you? So, don't go look for your destiny. Are you with me? You have a talent, okay, on which your destiny travel. So, you don't know your destiny, but you know your talent. So, if you now bore the vehicle of your talent, a talent that is well serviced by sound education and training, certainly that vehicle will take you to your destiny. Are you getting the illustration? You want to know it. I'm saying, stop troubling yourself about that. Hello? Hello? So you don't know your destiny but you know your talent. So if you now bought the vehicle of your talent, the one that is well serviced, the talent that is well serviced by sound education and training, and you allow the Holy Spirit to be your driver, you will arrive safely at your destiny destination. So I say it again. Your talent is your destiny vehicle. Tell your neighbor, your talent is your destiny vehicle. True, you don't know your destiny, but you can know your talent. All you now need to do is to board the vehicle of your talent. That talent that is well serviced by sound education and training. Then allow the Holy Spirit to be your driver what will happen is that you will arrive safely at your destiny destination. Somebody say, I will arrive safely at my destiny destination. So only a mediocre will consider raw potential as substitute for education and other necessary training. So when you find a person that saying education has come, when you find a person that uh, is not displaying the right attitude to education and training, thinking that uh, without education I can make money, without education I can make headway in life. Such a person is a mediocre. Yes, you have the talent, you have the ability, 
it ain't born with you, yet you have to service that talent so that it will not just be a raw material. It's going to be processed into skill by sound education, by training. And then through making the Holy Spirit the driver of your life, you will arrive safely at your destiny destination. So don't be a mediocre who consider mere raw potential as substitute for sound education, as substitute for necessary training. Huh. Do we still have a few minutes more? Potential and spirituality. Don't forget that I said, if you want to arrive safely at your destined destination, the Holy Spirit must be your driver. Therefore, there is a place for spirituality in destiny fulfillment. So, potential also requires deep spirituality. If they will not be misused, if they will not be underutilized, if they will not be abused. So, potential can be misused. Was it Bishop Oyedepo that preached many years ago? And he said, in the darkness of the night, a thief will go and cut high-tension cable that has electricity current flowing in it, and he will do it successfully. In the dark, under the cover of what? The night. Even when he has not been trained in electrical engineering, not an electrical technician. What is such a person doing? He's misusing inborn ability. Then potential can be underutilized. Especially when you keep the company of mediocre. The scripture says those who work with the wise will be wise. But a company of fools will be destroyed. So you can underutilize your potential. By the reason of the kind of company you keep, if you are a, 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 a distinction candidate, okay, you end up scoring let my people go marks. Because you are not exercising your talent Okay, as you ought to be exercised. Because you are dodging the discipline of education. The discipline of training. Then, potential can be abused. Generally, potential are given or purposefully to potential are given by God to serve positive purpose. And that is why we are ultimately accountable to God who gave us our talents. But very unfortunately, today, many people exercise their talent as instrument of rebellion against God. So when you find people who are using talents, 
such as entertainment talent to pollute moral sanity, to promote ungodliness. They are simply abusing their God-given talent instead of using it to achieve positive purpose. So talents are supposed to be a source of blessing. But you find people who have it using it to bully others. They can fight dirty in garage. Okay? Why don't why don't I encourage them to go for boxing training and be earning millions of dollars like Anthony Joshua? So, if we are going to avoid talent abuse, talent misuse, and talent what? I can hear you. So, if we are going to avoid all of that there is a high need for more talent managers at home, in schools, and in our churches. Talent managers have that responsibility to midwife the talent of young persons into sources. People who are ready to do that are in a very high demand. So the church and our society in general should not allow the mobad kind of story to continue to characterize our society. We may not have all the side to the story of mobad, but certainly he fell into the hand of wrong talent managers. But where you have the right talent managers, how many of you are cooperating with us? I have committed myself to this assignment for close to three decades now. Thank God for those who have testimony that we have been able to impact them positively. So, more people should come on board. Otherwise, the mobile kind of story we come to characterize our society. That story is a story of talent mismanagement. So, the presence or absence of talent managers will make a huge difference in whether a child and even an adult will be able to excel by their talents or not. Are you with me? It's not just about children. Every gifted person needs the ministry of a talent manager. So whether you cooperate or you don't cooperate will determine whether you succeed or you fail. May I warn also on some errors that talent managers, particularly at home level, are capable of making. So the error that most parents or guardians also make is to allow their own phobia to, pre to prevent the young persons under their custody from expressing potential that are related to the thing they fear. 
like we all have our potential, we also have our different phobia. Things that we are afraid of. And so some talent managers, like parents, mothers in particular, I'm sorry to pick on the female gender in that regard. They have this high tendency, okay, to make everybody to fear their fear. Are you with me? If a woman sees snake in the neighborhood, she will scream and say, darling, and darling will be going there to kill it. She will still be saying, hey, where am I devil? So which one do we do? Am I being practical? Or I'm honestly exposing my wife for you. <laughs> Somebody shout hallelujah. So, if you train your children that way and you make your fear their fear, you may kill their inborn talents. So, that you have phobia for water should not make you to prevent your child who loves swimming to stop his swimming training. Hello? That you have phobia for physical activity to not make you hinder your child, okay, who have soccer skill from going for soccer training. One of the easy way to identify talent or potential is by studying the hobbies of people. In fact, I consider hobby as the spice of life. Hobby, I consider it as what? The spice of life. If you cook all your soup and you don't have salt, you don't have locust bean, you don't have uh, any of this uh, seasoning, for majority of us, the food will be tasteless. So also a life okay, that is, a, that is disallowed to express his or her hobby will not be a sweet life. You love to listen to music. But you have a father that will always say, put off that uh, recorder. You will do it, but you will not like it. It can give you a very bad day. And any other thing you are doing, you may not concentrate. Am I talking to somebody? Children, am I on your side? Hobby is what? The spice of life. It also acts like sweetener in the tea. So that thing you are gifted to do, that thing that you do with ease, that you don't struggle to do, that thing that is natural for you, okay? It's your hobby and it acts like a sweetener in the tea. If life is the tea, that you are supposed to drink because we all want to enjoy life. The sweetener, the sugar, the honey, 
that will make it sweet is your hobby. Without it, you won't enjoy life. All we need to do is to train our children to embrace godly hobbies. Are you with me? As talent managers. So, no man is born in when allowed to exercise strength in the area of his giftedness. No man, no man is born when allowed to exercise strength in the area of his uh, giftedness. I have a daughter in church that is doing fantastically well in education today. Fantastically well in education. But she had her background in sciences. Did not even attend teacher's training college or do LC. She attended Kwa Polytechnic to study something related to, to science of life. Something in the area of uh, is it biochemistry or something like that. Are, are you with me? But today she's doing fantastically well in the field of education. Life will be burning without something you enjoy doing. And you enjoy doing it because you are good or best at it. And you have the liberty to do it. Hello? I have told you that education matters. And the children have heard me when I emphasize to them that it takes discipline to embrace uh, education. Children, are you ready to do that? Answer me. Are you ready to read your books? Is it a deal? It's a deal. Now that they have said it's a deal, dear mothers and fathers, bring out those football that we have, we have gone to keep. So let them also have time to play it. Parents, is it a deal? Answer me. Is it a deal? Why? Because life will be boring for a child who is not allowed to exercise himself in his hobby. It may not be football, it can be something else. Are we together? So whatever you have the talent to do, doing it will be your hobby. To some people it looks like an accruing task. When a jumper jumps, somebody who cannot uh, <laughs> who, who cannot leap, we say, eh? But to that person, he's just enjoying himself. This great talent, J.J. Okocha, was once asked that, uh, how did he go about that dribbling thing? Okay? He said, I'm, I, 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 am being, I am being paid for enjoying my hobby. That, I paraphrase it, but that was the sense he was communicating. So, to us, it's something so difficult and out of this world. Okay, but to him, he's just uh, enjoying himself and he's being paid for enjoying himself. God, will, children, God will bring you to that level. Amen. Whereby you will not struggle to make words Amen. because you are operating from your comfort zone. Because you are operating from your hunger of strength in the name of Jesus. You will not be confused about what to do with your destiny. Grace will come upon you. Anointing will come upon you. 
in the name of Jesus. By the reason of this communication, divine communication you are receiving today, you, your eyes of understanding will be open to know what to do with your destiny in the name of Jesus. So, not many people are aware that their financial or destiny fortune lies in their hobby. Financial fortune, that money you are looking for, okay, may lie in your hobby. And as a result of that, because they don't know it, they despise what should make them self-employed. And they are looking for employment elsewhere. So, I bring this precaution to talent managers again. As I talk to talent holders, so I'm also talking to talent managers. Talent managers, don't make the mistake of not checking the bottom value of your hobby before you commit your time and resources into it. So I've been saying, obi, 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 obi. Okay? You also have to engage your sense. Check the fortune value of your hobby before you commit your time and resources into it. So that we are saying, do whatever you enjoy, you enjoy doing. Okay? And you say, my hobby is Ludo. And you wake up in the morning till evening, you are playing Ludo. And you want to become great in life. If I play with 100 people, I can beat them. So what is the fortune value of that? So look for something else to engage yourself. So abandon that hobby and go for the discipline of education. Am I talking to somebody? So hobbies that have zero, low value, or take long to add value to your destiny fulfillment should take less of your time. So study what is the bottom value of that hobby before you commit your time and resources into it. So prioritize the discipline that will establish your financial security or economic prosperity and use part of the profit to enjoy your hobby if it's a godly one. So go and look for something that will fetch you money. Okay, after you have now made the money as your social responsibility, you cannot be organizing Ludo, Ludo game for people and be giving them an uh, award. Are you with me? Number two, don't despise the prosperity possibility lock inside your potential. So, the tendency to despise your potential is there because it is a thing you do without struggle. And in this part of the world, we have been uh, programmed. We have been wrongly orientated. Is that language correct? Eh? We have been wrongly orientated to think that except you struggle, it is not work. Except you sweat, it is not work. Are you with me? So, don't because of that lock-in thinking despise the prosperity possibility that is locked inside your potential. Because that potential is a thing you don't do with uh, struggle. So, potential 
are more often than not despised by those who have them because they don't struggle to exercise them. So if you do that, you are very likely going to miss the point of exploring the profit or prosperity possibility that is locked inside your potential. I draw the curtain today by saying these two things. A man's talent is his first option of fortune making. I want to be this, I want to be that, I want to be great in life. Your first option is to focus on your talent. Are you with me? But some will not focus on their talent. They will be focusing on the destiny part that may never appear. So, your talent is your first destiny helper. Don't despise it. Am I talking to somebody? We have grew up with a lot of things in church that we need to begin to readdress. Your number one destiny helper is what? Your talent. Talent. You may not be the one that needs the destiny helper. Maybe it is the talent that needs the destiny helper. Are you with me? Am I talking to somebody? Tell somebody, showcase your talent. Tell them, showcase your talent. Put your grace to use. So, and that talent will now attract the destiny. So your first option in breaking through, your first option in making fortune in life is your talent. But the tendency is there for you to despise it. Don't do it. So you can despise it if you don't have people around you that are example who have excelled through such talents. Those who have climbed the ladder of greatness by your kind of greatness, if you don't have them around. Then, another reason you may despise is when you don't have a destiny coach or a talent manager around you. Through whose teaching, guidance, and counseling, and through prayer, you are able to esteem your talent. But the Holy Spirit is in the house today, doing that for you through me. Don't despise it. So, to therefore maximize your potential, you must esteem the ministry of your talent manager. And one of the ways to identify a mentor is by assessing the impact of his life and coaching on your potential. May my teaching today make great positive impact on your potential. In the name of Jesus, God bless you. We believe you'll be blessed by the ministry of this message. You will do well to be the doer of all you've heard. For further inquiry and spiritual help, contact this number 080-356858-82 or worship with us at Oasis of Wisdom Bible Church, adjacent University of Ilorin, Teaching Hospital, Okelsey Ilorin. God bless you.